Welcome to The Randy Report. I'm Randy Slavacek, your host. I'm also the writer and editor of therandyreport.com, where you can find me every single day on the internet reporting on the daily news cycle in terms of politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community. In this week's headlines, the South American nation of Chile has begun debate on passing and legalizing same-sex marriage. Hate crimes against LGBTs have doubled in five years in Russia. Democratic senators have introduced the LGBT Elder Americans Act. And a growing number of millennial men are more prone to identify as the more fluid, mostly straight, than use the term bisexual. All that and more on this episode of The Randy Report. In South America today, Chile's government began debate on whether to change existing marriage laws to include same-sex couples. On August 28th, President Michelle Bachelet introduced legislation that would define marriage as, quote, a solemn contract by which two people of the same or different sex unite themselves and for life in order to live together, to procreate, and to help each other. Chile's Senate Constitution Committee has called on LGBT advocacy groups to step up and make their case for marriage equality. Since 2015, Chile has extended limited legal recognition of same-sex couples via civil unions. Bachelet also supports efforts to strengthen hate crime and anti-discrimination laws against the LGBTQ community, as well as legislation that would allow transgender Chileans to legally change their names without requiring sex reassignment surgery, although that bill on transgender protections has stalled due to a lack of political will. But time is of the essence when it comes to marriage equality, as Bachelet will step down in March 2018 and one of the two leading candidates to replace her does not support marriage rights for same-sex couples. Currently, only Argentina, Brazil, Colombia, and Uruguay have legalized same-sex marriage in South America. This past Saturday, over 100,000 marched in support of marriage equality in Santiago, Chile. In Russia, hate crimes against lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender people have doubled in only five years. According to researchers, the surge is attributed to Russia's 2013 ban on the spreading of propaganda for non-traditional sexual relations to minors, or commonly known as the country's gay propaganda law. Svetlana Zakharova, a board member with the Russian LGBT network, says... Offenders have become more aggressive and less fearful. It seems to them that to some point, the government supports their actions. Many perpetrators openly talk about their crimes as noble deeds. The number of sentences for crimes against LGBT people increased to 65 in 2015, from 18 in 2010. Homosexuality in Russia was illegal until 1993 and deemed a mental illness until 1999. Researchers say that the figures are an underestimate as many hate crimes are not reported, investigated, or prosecuted. Russia was ranked Europe's second least LGBT-friendly nation behind only Azerbaijan in 2016 by ILGA Europe, a network of European LGBT groups. 
On Wednesday last week, a group of five Democratic senators, led by out lesbian Senator Tammy Baldwin of Wisconsin, introduced the LGBT Elder Americans Act, which seeks to expand services for LGBT seniors. The legislation would build upon the Older Americans Act by designating LGBT seniors as a vulnerable population, as well as establishing the National Resource on LGBT Aging. The bill calls for providing LGBT seniors who often face significant barriers to accessing health care with targeted services and resources. In a statement regarding the legislation, Baldwin said, we should guarantee all of our seniors access to the care that truly meets their needs, and so I'm proud to advance this legislation that will improve services and support the LGBT older adults. Too many LGBT older adults carry the harmful physical and emotional health effects of having lived through a lifetime of discrimination. It is past time we do something about it and strengthen the Older Americans Act to better support our LGBT seniors. As the number of Americans aged 65 and older surges over the next few decades, the number of LGBT seniors is estimated to double to 3 million by 2030. Research shows that LGBT seniors have fewer sources of support compared to heterosexual individuals and therefore face higher poverty rates. The LGBT Elder Americans Act would permanently establish the National Research Center on LGBT Aging, which would be the country's first and only technical assistance research center aimed at improving the quality of services and support for older LGBT adults. The center's resources would include educating mainstream aging service organizations about the needs of LGBT seniors and provide educational resources to LGBT seniors, their families, and their caregivers. The center would also work with LGBT organizations to ensure that the special needs of older adults are taken into account. For more information about senior LGBTs, I always go first to sageusa.org. Originally known as Senior Action in a Gay Environment and later Services and Advocacy for GLBT Elders, SAGE is the country's largest and oldest organization dedicated to improving the lives of LGBT older Americans. Founded in 1978 in New York City, SAGE is a national organization that offers supportive services and consumer resources to LGBT older adults and their caregivers advocates for public policy changes that address the needs of LGBT older people, and provides education and technical assistance for senior helpers and LGBT organizations through its National Resource Center on LGBT Aging. You can find tons of resources at sageusa.org. According to a Cornell University psychology professor, a growing number of men are passing on traditional sexual orientation labels for more fluid terminology like mostly straight. In a new article for Time magazine, Rich Savin Williams wrote, if you're a young man, you might assume that either you're straight or you're not, meaning you're likely gay and maybe bisexual. Yet the evidence suggests that more young men identify or describe themselves as mostly straight then identify as either bisexual or gay combined. In a 2011-2013 U.S. government poll, 6% of the respondents aged 18 to 24 identified as being attracted to mostly opposite sex. 
that 6% amounted to nearly 1 million men at the time. But when those men were forced to identify as either straight, gay, or bisexual, three-fourths of them marked straight since bisexual and even bisexual-leaning straight seemed too gay to sound accurate. The author also explains that while same-sex attraction accounts for a small percentage, there aren't any real rigid rules as to what a mostly straight man will be into. Here's how he frames the perspective. Quote, these attractions are sexual, romantic, or both, and can be expressed in various ways from erotic fantasies to actual behavior. Perhaps he's made out or he wants to make out with a guy friend. He's participated in an all-male group masturbation, or he's willing to receive oral sex from an attractive guy he just met. But it's unlikely that he's had penetrative sex with a guy, though he might be willing to if the right guy or circumstances appeared. He might have had an intense guy crush. But to fall passionately in love with a guy is too much, though he might have strong feelings and cuddle with a best friend. Okay. The author also suggests that the advent of the mostly straight male is perhaps linked with the more relaxed millennial attitudes towards sexuality. According to a 2015 survey, a majority of millennials indicated that they believe sexuality is a spectrum versus a straight, not straight identity. Good for everybody. Why do we have to put a label on anything anyway? The resignation of disgraced Ohio Republican State Representative Wes Goodman has prompted dozens of men who say Goodman had approached them with inappropriate sexual overtures to come forward. The Independent Journal Review's Caleb Hull did a deep dive into Goodman's background after he resigned from office last week, having been caught having consensual sex in his Ohio State office with another man. But it seems even that was just the tip of the iceberg. Hull points out in his reporting that the approach for the vast majority of men Goodman engaged was similar across the board. Goodman apparently has a reputation for reaching out to those involved in politics via Facebook Messenger. But things tend to quickly turn south as he's been known to flirt with men, solicit sex, and even send pictures of his genitals, according to dozens of sources. The majority of the people he targets are between the ages of 18 and 24 and have had little interaction with him personally. In many instances of his alleged sexual misconduct, Goodman apparently offered to be a mentor to those looking to get into politics. Because of the power he had, his victims say they were afraid to report instances of abuse for fear of damaging their own political careers. The sources that spoke to the Independent Journal Review told them that many photos of extremely explicit behavior, including Goodman in his underwear, drinking beer, his showing his legs, and even pictures of his penis, exist. Goodman always sent these on Snapchat to avoid the photos being saved, which is likely part of the reason why it's taken so long for his behavior to be exposed. The source who received pictures of his legs and him drinking beer in his underwear told the Independent Journal Review that he thought about tweeting about the incident to call him out for being a perverted weirdo, but decided not to. He ultimately described Goodman as a major creep. One source said, Goodman asked me personal questions such as if I have a girlfriend or I was single and how big I was down there. He also asked if I was the big or small spoon and the catcher or the pitcher. 
He would snap me late at night around two or three in the morning saying his wife was sleeping and he was bored and lonely. Goodman told one of the men he needed help alpha to alpha. Well, there's a line. And it wouldn't be gay if it's just two alphas. Remember, this was all happening as Wes Goodman maintained a public image that portrayed him as seriously homophobic, and he worked against public policies that would help LGBT Americans. There's much more at the Independent Review Journal. I highly recommend reading the full article. In entertainment news, remember when music videos were fun? If you haven't yet, make sure you check out Pink's new music video for Beautiful Trauma, co-starring Channing Tatum, and it's just about everything you could want in a video. Framed in candy-colored 50s flair, the duo play a married couple who break into Fred and Ginger dance with ease and all seems to be suburban perfection. But what lies underneath reveals much more as Pink finds Channing experimenting with some cross-dressing fun. Fearlessly challenging gender norms, Channing twirls in a gorgeous gown as Pink wears gangster like a champ. A touch of lipstick for Channing, and the kids are ready to kick up their heels. What follows is usually what happens with dress-up playtime, multiple martinis, and when a leather-clad playmate shows up. As I've said many times on The Randy Report, I'm a huge fan of Pink. And the song Beautiful Trauma is another richly woven pop song from one of our top talents in music today. And seriously, who wouldn't want to frolic with the ever-game Channing Tatum? You can watch Beautiful Trauma on my blog, therandyreport.com. This year's Independent Spirit Award nominations have been announced, and the highly anticipated gay drama, Call Me By Your Name, starring Army Hammer and Timothée Chalamet, received six nominations, including Best Feature, Best Director, Best Cinematography, Best Editing, Best Male Lead, and Best Supporting Male. The film debuted this weekend, racking up about $404,000 in domestic box office numbers. Screening in only four theaters in Los Angeles and New York, Call Me By Your Name averaged $101,219, which means the flick has this year's highest per theater average in the United States. Reviews for the film have been almost universally glowing, with a 98% fresh rating on the review aggregator Rotten Tomatoes, and there's serious Oscar buzz around the movie already. Other LGBT-related films on the nominations list this weekend include Sundance favorite Beach Rats, which picked up two nominations, one for Best Male Lead and one for Best Cinematography. The film follows Frankie, an aimless teenager, who's struggling with his own identity. Frankie begins to scour hookup sites for older men, and when his internet encounters intensify, he begins meeting men at a nearby cruising beach while simultaneously entering into a cautious relationship with the young woman as he deals with the oppressive glare of his toxic group of delinquent friends. Additionally, French AIDS act-up drama BPM, Beats Per Minute, got a nod for Best International Film, as did A Fantastic Woman from Chile, in which trans actress Daniela Vega plays a transgender singer faced with discrimination and loss when her lover dies. The 2018 Film Independent Spirit Awards happen on Saturday, March 3rd, on the beach in Santa Monica, and will be broadcast live on the IFC channel at 2 p.m. East Coast time. That brings me to the end of this episode of The Randy Report. 
If you enjoyed the podcast, make sure you click the subscribe button on my page on iTunes, and then every time I upload a new episode, it'll be sent straight to you automatically. Also, please feel free to share The Randy Report with your friends. And remember, you can find me every single day on the internet at therandyreport.com, where I report on the daily news cycle regarding politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community. Thanks for listening, folks. See you next time. Thank you.